Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Leslie shares with us all the tips you need to know for using Genie Plus at Disneyland, and we chat a little bit about how Genie Plus did over the holidays. You can find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you'll receive bonus content, or you can support the podcast by using me as your travel agent. I can help you to plan your vacation at no cost to you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have questions or topic ideas, email us, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, connect with us on Twitter at www.deciphered, or find us on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we learned our lesson and we decided to wait about a month to talk about Genie Plus at Disneyland, even though Leslie was there kind of on opening weekend with it, just because we don't we didn't want to release another Genie Plus episode that became immediately out of date. But it's been over a month and we've survived the holiday season at Disneyland. So it's time to talk about Genie Plus at Disneyland. Before we get to that, we just want to thank some of our new patrons, Adam M., Paul F., and Benjamin H. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to support us as well, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you'll receive bonus content, including, uh, hopefully, you recently got to hear about my Disney Marathon weekend trip. If I got to go, <laughs> I guess I'll have to cut this out if I didn't get to go. But thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Also, one final bit of housekeeping. If you are thinking of planning a Disney or any vacation in 2022. I'd love to help you out with that. Make your life easier. It is no cost to you and I can help you to plan the best vacation for you and your family. If you're interested, email josephchung at travelmation.net or check out asthejoeflies.com. So Leslie, we want to start off, you know, you were there pretty much when Genie Plus started at Disneyland and you decided to take it upon yourself to try to ride all 19 Disneyland Genie Plus Lightning Lane attractions. So let's talk a little bit about your trip before we get into how Genie Plus is different at Disneyland and also the tips that you have for Genie Plus at Disneyland. Sure. So I went on day three and four of Genie Plus's release at Disneyland. That was December 10th and 11th. So pretty low crowd days before the, you know, crowds of Christmas started flooding into the parks. And at least it wasn't day one because day one, the system crashed entirely. So I was glad I got to actually use it and put it to the test. And it worked about 97% of the time that I was in the parks that day. And yes, I decided- that exact number? Is that an exact number? Yes, that's exact. There? Exact. So, but I was excited to, you know, just sort of test it all out. And, you know, I thought kind of the best way to do that, and of course, this is sort of a gimmick, was to try to ride every attraction in a single day. And given how many people have completed Parkeology at Disneyland, 19 Genie Plus attractions isn't that hard. <laughs> Certainly not on a like low or medium crowd day. I guess I won't bury the lead. I did it, and I did even more than that. So that was super exciting. You were able to do all the Genie Plus attractions at Disneyland, and you weren't even super rushing. I know when people do parkeology, oftentimes they're like eating granola bars that they have stashed in their pockets as they're running from attraction to attraction. You didn't even have to do any of that. You got to like eat a meal and be a normal human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried to do it at a pace that my 12-year-old could have done with me. I mean, maybe not my 8-year-old. He probably would have (laughs) 
collapsed at some point. But yeah, I did try to do it like a regular crazy person would do it. So that did mean, I mean, I ate a pretty quick lunch. I got a corn dog at the corn dog cart, but I did sit down for dinner with a friend at Carthay Circle Lounge. I did take a break in the afternoon and sit down and have a drink with a friend. I did ride several other attractions. I rode 26 total. So I rode seven additional attractions that aren't on Genie Plus because we'll talk about this soon. There there are quite a few attractions at Disneyland that probably are on everybody's bucket list, but then are not on Genie Plus. So you kind of have to account for that. So I, I mean, I felt all in all, I had a great day and I, I left the parks two hours before they closed for the night. I mean, there was more than enough time. I, I could have easily have done another half dozen maybe 10 more rides if I had really wanted to go hard without without trying. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty great. And just to reiterate, you were there at a very low crowd time, but it still seems like Genie Plus at Disneyland is doing pretty well relative to Disney World, regardless of how crowded things are. But we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about how Genie Plus held up on the two coasts during the holiday crowds. Let's Talk first about how is the Disneyland Genie Plus version different from Disney World and why is it better? So this is the part where I get to say, I told you so, but I think you agree with me. So I guess there's not really anything that I yes, told you. Yes, you can't say you told me so when we agreed that this was going to happen. But I okay. did I did predict really early on, and, and there's proof out there on Twitter that I thought Genie Plus was going to go much better at Disneyland because of the differences between the two resorts. And I think that has played out. So let's talk about those differences because it really does add up to a totally different strategic approach that you want to take at Disneyland versus at Walt Disney World because the systems, I mean, I guess most of the rules are the same, but they play out in totally different ways. So first things first, the only way in which Disneyland is worse than Disney World is that you have to pay more for Genie Plus at Disneyland. It's $20 per person per day at Disneyland versus the $15 that Walt Disney World has. I do wonder whether the $15 at Walt Disney World will last much longer, but I, you know, I guess we shall see, right? I think in the same way, we also wonder if $20 will last at Disneyland just because we True. saw the creep for Max Pass too. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting if Disney World went up and Disneyland didn't, but I'm guessing they'll probably move both up at the same time or close to each other. Yeah, I think that's fair. The other thing about cost, Disneyland only has three attractions between the two parks that are available on individual paid Lightning Lane. And the cost for those is more too. <laughs> Rise of the Resistance, it has been always $20 per person per day. And then the other two attractions, Web Slingers and Radiator Springs Racers, started out with the tempting low, low price of $7 and then quickly went to 12 on weekends, and then went to 18 during the holiday period. Wow. Sticker shock. Is it back down now that the holidays are over? So now that the holiday peak period is over, $18 hasn't lasted forever, but it just goes to show the the price can wildly fluctuate and you don't really have any advance notice. Nobody knew the day that it went to 18 on the day they showed up that it was going to 18. So plan accordingly. Before we get to the next difference, I know we're going to talk mostly about Genie Plus, but I am curious. We see that at Disney World, Rise of the Resistance sells out at $15 for individual Lightning Lane pretty quickly, especially during busy times. What has it been like at Disneyland? Because, you know, my family of five, that's $100. That's a entire one day ticket for rise of the resistance so have disneyland crowds been taking up the rise of the resistance individual lightning lanes as quickly as disney world no they haven't and the reason is 
due to one of the differences between the two resorts. And that is at Disneyland, you can only buy those paid lightning lanes once you have scanned into the parks for the day. So you aren't doing it from your on-property hotel room at 7 a.m. and, you know, just paying whatever you're going to pay. You have to actually get out of bed and get into a park before you can buy it. You know, a lot of people can't do that. So that just means the competition first thing in the morning is lower. And then also at Disneyland, The paid lightning lanes, you don't get to select your own time in advance. You can only get the next available time. And a lot of people don't want to walk right into the park and pay for a paid lightning lane when other lines are short. So the demand isn't really there first thing in the morning because they don't want, you know, an 8.15 a.m. return time for Rise of the Resistance. They want to go ride other rides. So it really is more reasonable. Rise is the first ride to run out every single day. And During high crowd periods, it happens maybe as early as about 10 a.m., but lower crowd days, more like around lunchtime. That's really interesting. And that kind of does change your strategy because I would imagine there must be like this sweet spot for Rise of the Resistance individual lightning lane like around 10 a.m. or something like that where the times have been pushed back far enough so that it's like not the next thing that you have to do and you're kind of like waiting for those you might not want to ride it first thing so that does make a pretty big difference yeah that's what i was actually doing myself i i paid for it on the second day that i was there and i was kind of watching it as the morning went along and sort of watching to see how far out return times were getting pushed and waiting to buy the right moment so i could do it in the early afternoon before i was heading out to the airport and there is a little bit of weirdness that happens because of park hopping so you know people who start the morning in DCA can go ahead and buy it first thing in the morning because the system will return them, you know, give them a return time at one o'clock or later. So those one and 2 p.m. times are getting booked. But if you're in Disneyland Park, you're not really seeing that, right? You're getting a return time that's, you know, 11 a.m. or something like that. And then suddenly, as you get closer to one, the times jump until the later afternoon. So it is a little tricky. It's good to know that park hopping trick works at Disneyland as well. Now, another thing that's different about Disneyland Genie Plus, which I think is pretty cool, is there's no, no offense, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor lovers, but there's no filler shows or anything like that. No Muppets 3D, which we love. We, you know, we love these shows, but there's none of that stuff. And it's all like real attractions that are rides that you're going to ride. Yeah. Everything at Disneyland, all 19 attractions on Genie Plus are real rides. I mean, of course, some of the rides are more popular than others. I mean, there are some attractions I guess people would consider a little bit more filler, like, you know, maybe Monsters, Inc., the ride. Some people really hate on Goofy Sky School. I don't know why. It's fine. (laughs) But anyway, everything really is a ride, and you're not being forced into these filler shows that you don't really need a Genie Plus return time for. It's not that shows are filler in the sense that you wouldn't want to do them. They're filler because you probably could get into that show regardless of whether you have the lightning lane or not. So I totally get that. Now, Magic Kingdom was open until like 11 over the holiday, but that's over now. Disneyland, it feels like that's a much more regular thing, which also gives a lot of value for Genie Plus, right? Yeah, Disneyland just always has longer park hours on average than all of the parks at Walt Disney World. And even Disney California Adventure, I mean, the days I was there, it was open from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. And then Disneyland was open an additional two hours until midnight. So you just get that many more hours to use Genie Plus. I mean, I guess that's one way to justify the 
additional cost because on a per hour basis, you might actually be better off at uh, Disneyland than you are at Walt Disney World just with the extended park hours. So, you know, there's just that many more people that the system can accommodate in a given day. And it's like Disney World in that you can only ride each attraction with Lightning Lane once. Yes, that's right. So you have to to plan accordingly because 19 attractions, I, I you know, I showed you can do them all and still have time to spare. All right, and then the final difference uh, that you've already alluded to is that park hopping is at 1 p.m. versus 2 p.m., which I don't know if that's a Genie Plus thing as much as it's a park operations thing. We've gone on record saying we do not like the 2 p.m. park hopping at Walt Disney World, so that just makes Disneyland better. Actually, now that I'm looking at the notes, you just snuck that in. That's just Disneyland being better in general, not Genie Plus related. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, it does make your Genie Plus strategy work better because you can start sort of grabbing those 1 p.m. return times. You can hop over, you can hop back. I mean, Disneyland is just better generally for park hopping because of the proximity of the parks. But I think it gives you more flexibility to go back and forth and have a schedule where the timing really works for you. So I mean, I certainly found that helpful. I hopped back and forth four times the first day that I was doing this. 40k steps. That's how you do it. All right. So you have five tips for us for Genie Plus at Disneyland. So hit us up. What do you got? All right. So if you want all 10 tips, you have to go to my blog. So <laughs> there's an advanced post. That very I... nicely, very, very yes. nicely done. Shameless respect, plug. Respect. Shameless plug. So uh, the five, I, I distilled the, the most important ones for our listeners. So first tip is, you know, I've talked about this with respect to Walt Disney World, that morning mad dash at Magic Kingdom. But that's essentially your strategy almost all day long at Disneyland. You are getting a lightning lane reservation booking, the return time often, especially in the morning, is a minute later. I mean, and then you were going to that ride, you were scanning in, you were booking the next lightning lane. As soon as you were off a ride, you're going to the next ride again, again, again. I mean, you can really do this so fast. That's how I did my morning um, when I was doing this 19 ride uh, epic journey. And, and there's a couple of places where it really makes sense. Like in Tomorrowland, every attraction in Tomorrowland is on Genie Plus and you can just hop from one to the, the other. I think I started at Star Tour and then I went to Buzz Lightyear and then I went to Space Mountain and then I went to, to Autopia and then finished up at Matterhorn. And you can get in all of those rides so, so quickly. I mean, maybe in an hour, hour and a half, if you're lucky. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That actually makes me wonder whether when you're rope dropping, if there's attractions you want to ride twice, you almost skip the lightning lane for that or the Genie Plus lightning lane for that and just, you know, go through standby and do it later. Yeah. I guess, you know, if you have a alien swirling saucers type situation in Disneyland, I don't know what my Disneyland alien swirling saucers is yet, but I'm sure I'll find out one day. Yeah, I think that absolutely makes sense. I mean, if you want to do a ride twice, you should use those early morning hours when lines are shorter or maybe the late night hours when lines are shorter and you can kind of squeeze in a lot more that way. And that's how you can repeat attractions. I mean, I know that was very popular for a lot of folks to do during the holidays when It's a Small World Holiday was playing because that ride is really magical at night. If you want to ride it, you know, early in the day, you can do it standby and then save that Genie Plus Lightning Lane for when the demand is super high when when the sun goes down. All right. Next tip is relating to non-Genie Plus attractions. What do you got for us there? All right. So we just mentioned how great lines are at Rope Drop. Rope Drop is really the time, like we said, you could be riding an attraction that's on Genie Plus 
through the standby line. But I think its best use is if you're riding non-Genie Plus attractions. And this is really a feature that I think a lot of Walt Disney World guests may not realize. At Disneyland, there are a lot of attractions that are not on Genie Plus. They never had Fast Pass. They never had Max Pass. And they still don't have Genie Plus lighting lanes. And that includes Pirates, Jungle Cruise, Peter Pan, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Dumbo, Alice, etc., etc., etc. These are attractions that a lot of families really want to ride, and you can't cut the line. You, there's no lightning lane option for it. So your best bet is to hit those early in the morning. And, you know, there's certainly like very detailed strategies for the order in which you do those attractions. And Peter Pan is the always the wild card because everybody tries to rope drop it. And, and if you aren't in the front of the, that rope drop crowd, it, it's too long already at that hour. Yeah, a lot of attractions that you're going to want to hit and you won't be able to hit them with Genie Plus. So you have to have a strategy that's separate for them. So is Peter Pan as terrible loading speed wise as at Walt Disney World? If you don't get it at rope drop, are you looking at an hour mid afternoon or let's say late afternoon when the crowds have started thinning out or how bad does it get? Yeah, it's actually worse. It's even a tinier attraction at Disneyland than it is at Walt Disney World. So yeah, you can get very, very long lines. I mean, that is usually the longest standby line of the non-thrill rides. That's good to know. Any of those other ones that you really have to hit at rope drop? I'm guessing Pirates probably gets better later in the day. You can actually wait a little bit on Pirates because it has such high capacity. The line doesn't build until a little bit later in the morning. So I usually hit Fantasyland first. Um, if I don't do Peter Pan to start, I'm starting at Snow White's Enchanted Wish because that's new. And Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo are also pretty equally popular. So I'm sort of making a Fantasyland run for the first 45 minutes to an hour. And then you can go over to Jungle and Pirates and the lines are still 10, maybe 15 minutes long long on a busy day. So you can usually get those in more like at the 930 hour. Good to know. In terms of the attractions that actually have Genie Plus Lightning Lane, what are the in-demand ones? What do people need to get? The most popular attraction on Genie Plus is Indiana Jones. So that is the the one that is selling out the earliest, but it's not really selling out early in the day. When I say sell out, I mean, yes, it'll run out at dinner time, but the return times are getting pushed later, earlier in the day. So maybe by about mid-morning, maybe you'll have to wait an hour for a return time for Indiana Jones. So that's one that you probably want to book first. That's what I did. I kind of suspected that that was going to be the most popular just based upon past fast pass experience, etc. So that's really the only one you, I would say you really should grab first if you want to ride. And Sort of in the next tier of popularity at Disneyland uh, are Space Mountain, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, and Matterhorn. And then only seasonally Haunted Mansion Holiday, Small World Holiday sometimes. But those, of course, will shift as we get out of the Christmas season. So it's really not hard. I mean, most of these, the return times are not getting pushed out until you get close to lunch. And then even if the return time is 20 minutes later, I mean, you have to have time to ride the previous ride you had booked. So you're still essentially moving from ride to ride, even if the return times are, you know, 30 minutes later or something like that. I should also mention at Disney California Adventure, I always ignore <laughs> the uh, the second park, but I shouldn't. Uh, Toy Story Midway Mania and Guardians are the two most in-demand Genie Plus Lightning Lanes. And then sometimes Soren, kind of as you get later in the day. Two tips to go. What's your penultimate Disneyland Genie Plus tip? 
All right. As was evident by my challenge, the highest value of Genie Plus at Disneyland is when you have a park hopper ticket. Because, you know, there are 12 attractions in Disneyland and seven attractions in DCA that are on the Genie Plus system. You know, and I showed you can do all of them in a single day. So if you're really just using a one park per day ticket, you're going to run, run out of attractions if you're hitting the rides hard. You know, I'd say combine this with a park hopper if you can. Of course, that means you're doubling up on costs because you're paying extra for a park hopper and you're paying extra for Genie Plus. But, you know, I guess on the flip side, it's possible you can shave a day off your vacation if you're using Genie Plus. You could probably get more done in two days with a park hopper and genie plus then you could in three days without either one of those so i guess pick your poison all right and then what is the final tip you have for us genie plus wise at least of the top five of your 10 tips all right so final tip is try to snag those multiple experience passes disneyland has them just like walt disney world when a ride goes down you get a pass that you can use for Sometimes up to anything. There are sometimes some blackouts. Like if you, you know, a ride that goes down that's not super popular, you usually can't turn it into a ride on Space Mountain or something like that. But those are really valuable because you can use them to ride something twice that you already rode with Genie Plus. You can use them in either park. They are automatically park hopper multiple experience passes if you have a park hopper ticket at Disneyland. So that's not the case at Walt Disney World. And then lately, actually over the holiday season, and we don't know if this will hold, you can also use those multiple experience passes on attractions that don't have Lightning Lane. So you can use them on Snow White's uh, Enchanted Wish, or you can use them on Alice in Wonderland or Pirates or Jungle Cruise. You can't use them on Peter Pan. That seems to be the one that's blacked out. And you can't use them on paid Lightning Lane rides. But that opens up a whole lot of possibilities. I mean, if you can use them to cut the line on you know more popular attractions during the peak of the day, that's awesome. So those are great. I always feel like it's awesome when a ride goes down because it just presents more opportunities to hack the day. And does it tell you on your app that you can ride those attractions that don't normally have Lightning Lane? Yeah, I saw a screen grab from um, someone on Twitter yesterday that it tells you what the pass is good for. And, you know, when I did it, I recorded a video of what was offered to me. And at the time when I went, it was only the other Genie Plus attractions, but it looks like that has been expanded. So fingers crossed that that stays. We shall see. Yeah. And we just wanted to close things out by talking a little bit about how Genie Plus held up over the holidays on both coasts with crowds. Now, I should start by saying it does not look like, I don't know if it was Omicron or whatever, but holiday crowds at Disney World were still a little bit muted compared to what you might expect. I mean, yeah, New Year's Eve was pretty crazy, but overall, yes, there were a ton of crowds, but it did not look like 2019 crowds. I guess that's a good thing if you were there over the holidays. That being said, it was still pretty crowded. And I had a couple of clients and also people that I know who are in the parks over the holiday. And they said that having Genie Plus really did help them to have a much better time. Now they weren't riding 19 attractions or not, not even riding 10 Genie Plus attractions, but still, I think, although a lot of the people I was talking to had small kids, it made things a lot easier for them especially at Magic Kingdom, I think it really paid off. So it seems like Genie Plus mostly held out. You know, we weren't seeing, if you recall, over Thanksgiving, like Hollywood Studios would basically be all booked up by 10.30 a.m. We were not seeing that. Part of that might be that Disney World put four extra rides into the system during those dates. At the very least, it was not a disaster over Christmas for Disney World's Genie Plus 
like it was over Thanksgiving, which uh, was good to see. I'm glad to see that Genie Plus has value during these busy times, and I did not have anybody tell me that they regretted buying Genie Plus over the Christmas holiday, so that was good. What was it uh, like in Disneyland? So Disneyland went very well. I mean, it really wasn't that much busier than it was during the time I was there in terms of the Genie Plus reservations running out. I mean, the crowds were certainly busier. I think it was like an 8 out of 10 crowd day a lot of the time. But at the same time, there was a lot of rain during the Christmas holidays at Disneyland. So that definitely depressed turnout and people didn't stay in the park as long. And maybe as many people didn't buy Genie Plus because they didn't feel like they were going to get value out of it because they were going to call it a day earlier. So I think there was definitely some of that. I also think at Disneyland, a lot of people don't know about it. I mean, locals aren't probably buying it. Annual pass holders or magic key holders, whatever we call them now, they aren't buying it because it's not included with their pass. But I think a lot of infrequent visitors actually don't know it exists. It's really buried in the Disneyland app. And people just are used to at Disneyland not having to plan in advance. And maybe people don't read up as much before their vacations. And then they don't know that it's there. So I do think it will get more popular with time. I think word will spread as to how good it is and, and demand will be a little bit higher, but it held up really well. I was checking and I mean, most rides, you know, even the most popular rides in the afternoon, maybe they had a return time that was like an hour and a half later. I mean, you weren't even bumping up against the two hour rule for the most part until maybe late, late in the day. That's crazy. Pretty good to hear. Yeah, actually, I had a client in Disneyland as well, and they were there 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, and they were also very happy with Genie Plus. MaxPass never was just as used as FastPass was in Disney World, so I am cautiously optimistic that Genie Plus will still remain somewhat of a hidden gem at Disneyland because MaxPass got so much value and it seems like Genie Plus is doing the same thing now. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point Disneyland will make this available as an add-on purchase to Magic Key holders and that will make there be a little bit more demand in the system. Until that time, enjoy it because it's really, really glorious right now. I mean, it still isn't as good as MaxPass because you can't repeat attractions, but it's still really good, I have to say. Yes, I am crossing my fingers. This is the year... I will visit Disneyland um, and I will be happy to try it myself. But until then, Leslie, can you please leave us with a Disney Genie Plus do or don't? All right. So Disney Genie Plus do. So do be sure as soon as you scan into the lightning lane of an attraction to pull over and immediately book your next attraction. And you really need to do this before you enter a ride building or a show building because Wi-Fi at Disneyland and cell data service at Disneyland, really, really spotty. And if you scan in and then you enter a building, you might be in a ride for 20 minutes and you won't be able to book your next attraction. So this is like something I really tried to focus on when I was there is scan in and immediately pull over <laughs> just, you know, beyond the, the scanning points and book something else because you will lose Wi-Fi. I promise. Yeah, that's a great tip. I would echo that tip for Disney World as well. Just get it done in the first, you know, one or two minutes after you've tapped into an attraction so that you can have your next one set up. Time is money. Every second counts when you are using Genie Plus. All right. Well, that does it for our Disneyland Genie Plus episode. Thank you, Leslie, for dropping your Disneyland knowledge on us. I was 
taking more notes than normal tonight. So uh, really appreciate that. If you are planning a Disney trip and you need some help, I'd appreciate it if you use me as your travel agent. It's no cost to you. You can email me, josephchung at travelmation.net, or I made a new landing page on my defunct website, asjoeflies.com, so you can fill out a form there as well. Other than that, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you gloating over your Disneyland victory. Thanks, Joe. 